Hey everybody! Hi. We are back. Another Wednesday in 2021 with another Rad Years podcast. Uh, this is uh, it's Wednesday night at 10:30 p.m. Eastern Time Zone. You all know where you should be if you're listening live on YouTube.com/slash Rad Years Podcast, or if you're listening at any time at your leisure during the week. We thank you. How uh, how has your week been, there, Squeezer? How was your Valentine's Day? Uh, it was uh, what day was that? Sunday. It Sunday. Was Sunday. Oh, you guys didn't do anything special whatsoever. Uh, no. No. Uh, we're buying a dishwasher for each other. Well, that is special. The old one died, so that's romantic. No, we made it a big deal for the kids because you know they're stuck and well, can't so do anything you d- fun you did do something then so what what, what was that oh no uh, yeah, uh, we just did little games with them and made like little like the kind of shit that you would do like in elementary school like the paper hearts and decorating stuff and mm-hmm, make mm-hmm. valentines and shit you know we did that with them and like made a little game they got a little valentine's day present thanks you know can't take them out so you know that was kind of fun, but it wasn't like a traditional like flowers and sh- although I did have flowers. Thank you, <clears throat> Eric. Um, so yeah, I can I could say I brought Mrs. Squeezer home flowers for Valentine's Day. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah I uh, I did I did I got a little present for everybody. That also was. That was amazing. Um, if you go on our Instagram page, you could see a nice message from Tim Capello, uh, the famous sexy sax man from the Lost Boys. And man, did he did he do it right? Um, hey, Daryl, what's up? Long time, first time live. Uh, yeah, the story behind Squeezer, uh, uh, he got a uh, a uh, porkogram. Is it? Porkogram? Porkogram from the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, our triple-A affiliate of the Philadelphia Phillies here in town. Eric from Texas sent it to him. He said that uh, uh, he just wanted to do something sweet for Squeezer being a sweet boy. So uh, they have many mascots, the main one being Ferris, who's a metal pig, and then Fifi, F-E-F-E for Iron. uh, Get it? his His main gal. And then there's uh, pork racers. So there's a um, a, a hot dog, hot diggity. There's a piece of bacon, Chris P. Bacon. Uh, there's um, a barbecue sandwich, barbecue. There's a rack of ribs, ribby, right? I believe is his name. Yep. And ribby, then, get it? Like RBI, ribby? Yes. And then there's the true uh, star of the show, Hambone, uh, who's the lovable loser who always loses the race. Yes. And uh, Hambone was delivering Valentines to special people, and Squeezer got a a a, a porkogram. Um, yes, my favorite anthropomorphic meat. Yes. Uh, so uh, then uh, they're beautiful flowers. Beautiful flowers. Yes. Mrs. Squeezer, and it's not because I'm cheap. It's Mrs. Squeezer worked in floral, and 
flowers on Valentine's Day just bring back bad memories of bloody knuckles and long hours and 200% markups. So she is. I've been instructed not to get her flowers. It's not like I'm a. It's a thing. I'm like I'm too good for it. Mm. She doesn't want it. Well, Shit! I just got her a pack of Reese's peanut butter heart things. That made her damn day. Well, and Enchantress, uh, she got flowers and um, some special things, and she got me. Hey, all right, this is uh, the truest, dorkiest gift of all, but it fits with the holiday. She got me a two-up uh, replica of the Hasbro uh, HBK Heartbreak Kid action figure from the uh, retro WWF Hasbro line. It's uh, So two-ups, when they were designing the molds for the Hasbro wrestling line, they'd uh, first mold them twice the size, if not bigger, of the original figure so they get all the detailing and paint right. And then off of that, they make the smaller version. So there's these two-up prototypes. And if you find a real one, they're, they're worth a fortune. Usually they destroy them. They're just resin molds, and they just you know, destroy them. They didn't think they were worth anything back then. But there's a the guy in um, – you can find him on uh, my uh, Instagram. In uh, England, merry old England, um, he, uh, he does a great job with these. So I got uh, the – the HBK Heartbreak Kid um, 2 up. And she also got me, you know, the Viewfinder, the Viewmaster squeezer? Oh, yes. She got me a Viewmaster with a custom reel of uh, pictures of our trips with uh, me and her. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. yeah, so that was pretty cool. It's very cute. She was going Radier style for Valentine's. Nice. There's no pork butt yet, Ferris, but they always like to add them. That's not a bad idea. It started with three, I and know. now there's five, I know. so. There's a local establishment that maybe they could do a little crossover, and they have pork butt. Yes. He also had Chick-fil-A. He was being a naughty luncher that day at Chick-fil-A. I was, and thank God that I made that toss in the trash can. Or I would look like an <laughs> asshole. Yeah, most people don't know. Well, we could we could figure out a way to get out there. Daryl asked if Roddy Piper's on the list to, to break. Uh, I didn't put him on my list because mine are all just celebrities playing themselves in the cameo roles. We might do another show later on the line where – uh, celebrity guest stars. Um, yeah, I corrected myself. Like, I had that in my mind, and then I started going down the wrong path. And mine has a slight mix, but the ones that are celebrities playing their roles, it's because their roles are kind of bigger than their actual celebrity. Mm-hmm. Also, I think, and you even told me it was justified, I think. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Ferris, hot take, Reese's eggs taste better than hearts. Reese's eggs are the best form of Reese's. Hands down. You're absolutely right, good sir. Uh, now we move on to the part of the show that hurts my feelings every week. Uh, where we read reviews on Apple Podcasts of the show. Um, Is this going to hurt your feelings this week? Oh, yeah, of course. Awesome. Last week it didn't. Uh, there was a nice one. Um, yeah, now we have three. Uh, one's nice. One's not so nice. And the other just is out to hurt me. So, you know, it, it's, it is what it is. Um, Sorry, I just had to get it off my chest. Uh, so, um, <laughs> if you want to help our show, you could rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it helps. It helps other people find it. Uh, this first one is called To Arcane Squeezer, the Rad Years Boys from R. Wilecker. He says, I listen weekly, though I hardly know you. I love your podcast, your voices. I love your rambling nonsense. I love your body language. Your bodies, I'm afraid to leave a review. I don't want to hurt you. Can we be friends? 
Purple Source Rex, Turtle Pies, Crystal Pepsi, Super Mario Brothers Cereal, signed White Knight and Berks County. P.S. More childhood stories told through bad Jeffrey impressions, please. Oh, I like that he's a fan of mine. Uh, you're a sweet, kind uh, soul, and thank you for that nice review. Yes, we can be best friends. Purple Source Rex, Turtle Pies, Super Mario Cereal. Berks County? My yeah. own stomp my old stomping grounds? Yeah, he says uh the White Knight and Berks County. So he's a Pennsylvania lad here. And then Hi. you know that Distromang who just keeps deleting his review and writing a new one? Mm-hmm. Uh he he did it again. He still he still <laughs> thinks he's done. I don't know if he's totally done. He took a star away. He only gave us two this week instead of three. But he's behind. Okay. he must be behind. Man, he's really not gonna I'm sorry when you get to these. He says, I think I'm done. I've gotten to the point where I, I have where I have to listen with my finger on the volume down button. It's almost nonstop impressions. The same impressions over and over. I listened to the Wizard Watch along, and it was two hours of California, and he's a heel. He's a fucking heel. <laughs> yeah. That was very soft. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't I didn't go crazy. Mm-hmm. Um Well, yeah, that was during <laughs> Yeah, that was during. A... We were doing. We were just making shit up. Right. Yeah. Know. Right. That's what. Yeah. Just skip through those. Skip. Don't just skip through the watch-alongs. I po- started posting them on the podcast page at first, and then I just left them for YouTube. That's what they're meant for. They're meant for YouTube. But all right. Yeah. They just. Yeah. That's. They weren't. They weren't real shows. They was. I think he's gonna get to the point where the next review he does, he'll be done. He's getting close to there. Um, no, stick it out. Young Rock, by the I way, do. Squeezer, did you watch Young Rock? No, not yet. Oh, my God. we wa- It was the first time I watched, like, a network show in forever. Uh, like, SNL, I guess. But this was, like, I would have to watch it. Takes he's, takes place in Bethlehem, Squeezer, our hometown Woo! here. He's known well, as uh, the Beast of Bethlehem. There. I spend more time there than I do in Allentown or wherever <laughs> Fair the enough. town I live in. <laughs> um, not really. It's about 50-50. But it's, it's all considered the same town. Mm-hmm. the lehigh valley uh but he's the beast of bethlehem and there's freedom high school even though it's shot in australia um he they have a freedom high school patriots made up makeup it was a good show i oh. liked it there's a guy playing under the giant oh they call him dewey um dewey you never yell the f word because <laughs> he said it was fake <laughs> I was bad, Andre. It's kind of weird. Then the last one was just meant to hurt me. This is from a guy called, or a girl. I don't know. They don't, it's non gender. This, this is from someone called Heineken Sucks. <laughs> Five stars for Squeezer, <laughs> one star for RK equals three stars overall. It's like left and right Twix. RK is a left Twix because he is never right. Ghostbusters answer the call sucked. <laughs> <laughs> RK should have taken more Hulk Hogan vitamins growing up instead of those Tic Tac steroids. Oh, hey, Squeezer. What's up? P.S. The extra stars are like the extra B and BBBBQ. What's the extra B for? That's a typo. Well, sir, I'm wrong. I'm right. You're wrong. Ghostbusters answered the call. Did not suck. Uh-huh. Squeezer's wrong about like so much stuff. Okay. Jesus. Yeah. Ugh, I am not a left Twix. I'm the full bar. <laughs> oh, God. I know you guys like to hurt me, so keep them coming. I mean, at least he called you a left Twix. You know, like... I'm, I'm still like filled with gooey caramel. Like a, I don't know. Like a, 
Um, no, Milky Ways aren't even that bad. <laughs> you, if there uh, were, Baby if, Ruth. What, what's the one in the silver wrapper? Squeezer. That baby. I'm not. I'm not trying to be disparaging, but I don't. No matter what candy bar you try to tell me, if there's a jar of them on the front desk, you're gonna pull one out and eat it. Have you seen <laughs> me lately? Yeah, lately you've been a good boy. You've been. Good. I've been a good boy. Aside from the Chick Fil A last Thursday. It's chicken. <laughs> it's chicken. Touche. And hey, it, it says based on a 2,000 calorie diet. The meal was under 2,000 calories, so I'm good. So if each of your meals is under 2,000 calories, you're going to be fine. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> that makes perfect hey, sense. I, was I don't know, if, a, did I, you have the mac and cheese? Fuck yeah. Yeah, let's say I don't know if that was under 2,000 calories no, then. Fair enough. It was a small one. I didn't get the family size. Three Musketeers, thank you. Yeah, they could have called you a Three Musketeers. That yeah. would be hurtful. Yeah. Well, mm. because I don't want to, I, I don't want to offend anyone here, and I also don't want to like break any news. But Three Musketeers suck. No, you'd still eat it. I, I, be- no, I don't. I hate those things. I, I, last month, hand on whatever you would consider a Bible. The two months ago, the right before Christmas. Front desk, there's a jar of, of, of Three Musketeers. You walk past it, and you skim through it, and you see it's only Three Musketeers. You let them all go and walk away, or no? You take yes. one? No. Every time. Every time. <sighs> I, I hate those damn things. It's the same thing as a Milky Way. It's just no caramel. Uh, I, I'm not really crazy about Milky Ways, either. Yeah, am I. The uh, only thing I, I would, the, the Snickers, the Reese's, or the Twix. I don't Those even. Are the only things I, I would I would pick out of there. I like Reese's, but I mean Snickers. I don't even really like that much. But I haven't had Kit one Kat. yet this year. So, um, Erock, make sure he said fuck RK and Squeezer, fuck them up. They're stupid asses. Make sure you post that on moviepoopshoot dot com. <laughs> yes, and also shout out to all our goons, uh, Radomaniacs in Texas. Uh, I know that's uh, we have a bunch of you down there, and it's a fucking shit show. I have yeah. a feeling Heineken sucks was Eric from Texas. <laughs> yeah. It reeks yeah. of, of uh, his love of you. and That's true. Yeah, it's bad. To, I mean, we got a big storm coming, too. And I know they have it tough because they're not like the infrastructure isn't there. Mm. We do, although it's getting rough right now because I went out today over lunch ahead of the storm to pick up supplies. And I could not find little neck clams anywhere. Oh my god! That they were humanity. There were, there were mussels. There were those goofy-looking steamer clams, but I don't want those. I wanted little necks. If I'm gonna be snowed in, I need clams to go with my steaks. So now I'm stuck with two, two prime New York strip steaks that I have to cook tomorrow night. Assuming I'm, you know. Home if not, they'll air dry and salt, and they'll be fine Friday. But now I have to eat those with my air fried broccoli and mashed potatoes with no clams. I swear, I I, I really have to have handsome Corey draw you as the carpenter and the walrus, <laughs> leading all the clams <laughs> out of the ocean. That's the project that's on my on my uh, um, to get done list. And I really wish this was just a joke. But it was really bummed today. So I got the clam chowder for lunch anyway. Oh, well, you at least got a chowder of clams. Yeah. yeah. I mean, either way, I was going to have the clam chowder. 
So, but the clams would have been nice touch too. Squeezer, what's your hot take? I know you hate Three Musketeers and Snickers, even though he'd eat all of them. Uh, oh. What's your hot take on Butterfingers? Love them. Love them. Yeah, who doesn't? And and, and love them probably more so, cause one, they are fairly delicious. Two, uh, Bart, you know, of course, the Simpsons. He sold them everything. on us. We didn't, we didn't know they existed. Them. Once we found out they existed, they didn't need Bart anymore. Yeah, but there is a frustration. The, the tackiness to the roof of your mouth and the... The bindingness of it it's uh, like when, is a little frustrating. It's like when Turk got a bit of honey and he's been pulling bits of it out of his teeth all day. It's a good thing. It's free candy all day. Um, yeah. But th- th- that's how delicious uh, Butterfingers are. That as frustrating as they may be and uncomfortable at times, they are that delicious. Well, um... There's some uh, news. Uh, did you hear the Nintendo news? Uh, what the games we thought were coming to the Switch are not. They're releasing Skyward Sword, uh, an HD remake. For this, I was hoping for Wind Waker, or or uh, Ocarina, or both. But we get mm-hmm. Skyward Sword. Yeah, and there's also a Super Mario Brothers collaboration with uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Sure, Enchantress will be digging that. And um, I don't know. There's a, a bunch of bunch of stuff. Um, people think. Uh, did you see the theory about the uh, X Men miss it message hidden in the clock in Wandavision, episode two? No, I haven't. I, I've been kind of just episode two. So no, I've honestly been staying away from because I'm worried about spoilers beyond. Because I know you read some going up through what the next episode. No, the last, the past one. Or is it just the last one? All yeah. Right, so there's no more. There's um, no. Yeah. All right. So maybe I'll go back. I was I was worried. I'm always worried about and on the lookout for spoilers. It didn't ruin That's it for I'm... me, the all spoilers right. I did. But this one says, like, it looked at all the clock faces in episode two of WandaVision. And if you go by, like, uh, signal flagging, uh-huh. you know what they do on, like, a ship? Semaphore. Is that what it's called? Semaphore? Yes. Um, the It spells out X-Men. No shit. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Who the hell took the time to look at that? Um, capped motorcycle on Reddit. <laughs> oh God, I love Reddit. It's it's yeah, semif- going to destroy us and save us all at the same time. Semaphore is a system of using two flags to signal messages according to alphabetic code. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was never proficient in it. I was able to I could do basic communication at some point. Uh, the Boy Scouts, right? Yeah, it's in the book. I mean, who knows if it is now? Now you'd probably just tell you to text someone, but... Yeah, you get the flags and your point and shit. I was more, like, I I was more the orienteering guy. I'm a little compass. Now, I don't know if they would have gone that far, but if they did, that's some genius fucking... And for him to find this out, that's, like... That's a crazy... But, I mean, James Gunn did some crazy puzzle Easter eggs in Guardians of the Galaxy... It's true. So, you know, it's not out of the range of a possibility. Uh, do you think Reed Richards shows up next week? 
mm. the astrophysicist that uh yeah mm-hmm. um, uh, what the fuck's her name the astrophysicist that uh, uh photon uh what's her that's her superhero name but uh, what's her fucking name? Hold on, I have it. Uh, Monica Rambo. Monica Rambo says, I know an astrophysicist who would love to try and figure this out. And then at the end of the last episode, she says she's going to meet up with her person that could help her get through this. Uh, okay. Is it uh, Reed Richards? Answer the question, Squeezer. Answer the question. I'm trying to think of any other astrophysicists that we... Could be uh, Hank McCoy, Beast. Yeah, is he an astrophysicist though? Yes. Oh, he is. Oh. I believe so. Or just a physicist. Uh huh. McCoy. Um. He. Uh, come on, just give me if he's an astrophysicist. I'm pretty. I thought he was an astrophysicist. Yeah, he's he's. At some point, they retconned every single science on him. Oh, okay. Biochemistry, genetics, science, science, mathematics. He's a medical doctor. <laughs> do, do Do you think though that they bring him in? Because isn't like it could be it could not be Beast. Kind, but it could be Hank McCoy. Oh yeah. It could be no no, but Reed Richards. Like I feel like oh yeah, the four of them are like the touch of death to anything. Well, we know they're making the movie. Yeah. Peyton Reed is directing it. Not Peyton Reed. Uh, the uh, the guy uh, John, what's his name? The guy who directed Spider Man is doing it. Peyton Reed did uh, Ant Man. Peyton Reed's directing um, a lot of Mandalorian now, <laughs> but it's uh, um, so they announced that they're doing a Fantastic Four movie. It's in. It's happening. Four is in this this uh, phase of the MCU. Uh, I guess. But what if she shows up with Hank McCoy and they go in and she's saying how how she said that Monica's DNA is completely altered? What oh. if what if what if that's what what if that's what causes the mutations and he goes through and that's where all these mutants come from. They're all living in Westview. Huh. That's what starts the mutants. That's what start yeah, but where's like so everyone comes out of there, like even well, maybe that's where it starts, and then people around the world start getting mutations. And she's growing it. Oh, it's true. Oh, so you're saying it's not just everyone that's in there. No, no, certain people. Like, maybe Monica oh. Rambo, her her DNA changes, but she doesn't get a genetic, like, a, a superhero mutation. She does become Photon, and at some point, Captain Marvel, but I, I don't know if they'll go there. But they could have Hank McCoy show up, just regular old Kelsey Grammer, Hank McCoy, which would be awesome. Yeah, and that would be yeah. Him going in could be what causes him to turn into Beast. Perhaps. Or, it's Rich. Reed. Or it opens up a whole. Oh, okay. Or it's Reed Richards, and he brings his team along, and it causes them to mutate into the Fantastic Four. But I think they'd do a backstory on that. You know, even though they've done the Fantastic Four backstory time after time after time, they didn't do the Spider-Man backstory. So maybe they won't do the Reed Richards Spider-Man story. They kind of brought Spider-Man in the same way. He's like, I know this kid. I got mm-hmm. somebody. Next thing you know, up he show, uh, uh Tony Stark shows up in Queens and brings Spider-Man on board. Yeah, that was that really was necessary and a nice breath of breath of fresh air. Like we all know the story. 
Oh, yeah. But no, Ferris, if it was Eric Selvig from Thor, wouldn't Darcy know him? Not Monica Rambeau? He said Eric Selvig, but then Darcy would know him because Dar Darcy, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Just two more days. Yeah, two more days. We'll and find we'll out. All right, that's about it for the rambling. I don't want to get any more bad uh, press. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, and uh, watch out because a new Mortal Kombat trailer drops tomorrow. Mortal Kombat. I watched. We uh, we watched two movies so far since we last talked. We watched uh, Judas and the Black Messiah on uh, HBO Max. Really good, great movie. Uh, an Oscar contender, absolutely. And we watched uh, Mank, M-A-N-K, about Herman Mankiewicz and his struggle to write American, which would turn into Citizen Kane. And nah. Gary Oldman plays Mankiewicz, directed by Dave Fincher, soundtrack by Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor. Whole team's back together. It's on Netflix. Really good movie. Also a contender. Stars, stars Allentown's own, um, what's her name? Uh, Amanda Seyfried. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, here, oh, here's another theory about Wandavision. Mm -hmm. They think Ultron is hiding in plain sight. In Avengers Assemble show, Ultron took a human form as a government official to take out the Avengers. So Hayward, the leader of Sword, could be Ultron in disguise. Mm -hmm. That's why he wants Vision's corpse so bad. Oh. That would be interesting. And, That'd uh, be cool. They could sneak in. Um, what's his voice? I, I, I'm so bad with names today. Jarvis? No, Ultron's voice. Oh. Uh, he's in Seinfeld. He's the rum raisin guy. He's the Robert California in the office. God damn it, Squeezer. My, my, I'm thinking. I'm my my eyes are twitching because my brain is doing that thing where it tries to remember things. James Spader, that's who I'm talking about. Oh yeah, yes. I don't know why couldn't I think of that. Why can't you be my Google? Like I could picture him, uh, but it, it's not a visual format. <laughs> uh, thank you, Joe. James, he just Joe just typed James Spader, but since we're delayed, he probably. <laughs> oh, holy shit! It's OBS reconnecting are we still on everybody still got us. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's saying james, james Spader. Spader now. yeah we're pissing off a lot of people and really it's your fault squeezer what so if you're gonna I, write it, in and review the show remember that squeezer could not remember who played ultron i could picture him that's not good enough squeezer and make it, him suffer in your but comments. it's not like I pictured him because that's what he looked like. It it doesn't look any. It's Ultron. But I knew it was James Spader. I just forgot it was James Spader. In the end, we all agree that you should really give Squeezer, Squeezer a lashing in the in the reviews. Oh, please don't do that. I might. And you should you should comment on how smart and intelligent and and how tasty Heineken is. And how good my impressions are, because I can't even lie about that. Uh, okay, so let's um, 
Let's do a uh, let's do a show. We're talking celebrity uh, cameos, and we've narrowed it down to uh, these celebrity cameos are when a celebrity plays themselves ostensibly on a show. We each have ones that are a character's playing the character, but I still count it. Yeah. And my uh, pick is first. So here is my first pick in celebrity cameos. He is? I recognized him. You didn't even notice him. What, you're making some wisecracks in a nightclub? <laughs> the guy was in game six, two runs down, two outs, facing elimination. Excuse me. I don't want to disturb you. I'm Keith Hernandez, and I just want to tell you what a big fan I am. I love your comedy. Really? Oh, yeah. I've always wanted to do what you do. Do what I do? You're one of my favorite ball players of all time. Yeah, mine, too. <laughs> I love that bit about Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> really? Thank you. Ah. <laughs> uh... Seinfeld, you know, there's so many like good celebrity cameos to talk about on Seinfeld. I was torn between John Voight, who uh, bites Kramer uh, when he's trying to ask him about his selling his car and to find out if, if George. Yeah, you don't know that story. There's Raquel Welsh, mm -hmm. the star of Ro Rochelle, Rochelle, the musical, who doesn't can't swing her arms when she dances. <laughs> And Kramer has to tell her. Um, there's Beth Midler, who I believe she's also uh, Rochelle, Rochelle the Musical. I can't remember. It's Kramer wins the Tony. I think it might have been. Scarsdale Surprise. I'm sorry. Scarsdale Surprise was what Kramer won the Tony for. Rochelle, Rochelle the Musical is what Beth Midler. And then in the softball game, George slid into the catcher and, and, and injured Bette Midler and Jerry's um, Jerry's girlfriend happened to be the understudy at the time. So, and, and but Kramer was Kramer was taking care of the situation. Um, I went with Keith Hernandez, Squeezer, because it's great episode arc. That he he was integral in the in the show, and I I am in the, the whole JFK. What's the the video the film called? The Zapruder film. The Zapruder film. Uh, they reenact the Zapruder film with the the second spitter, uh, because uh, Newman and Kramer were at a Phillies Mets game and the Mets lost, and they thought um, they thought Keith Hernandez spit on them when they called him Pretty Boy at the end of the game, but it was a second spitter squeezer. So I wanted to find out how did they get Keith Hernandez to the show, and I guess he was in his second year of retirement. And Scott Boris, who was his agent, called him up and said, "Hey, do you want to be in a sitcom?" And you know he didn't watch TV like like much like we you know we work baseball games. We know you can't watch TV at night. It's a lot different now with streaming, but back then mm -hmm. you really couldn't. So he didn't really know what Seinfeld was. But he said it'd be minimal lines and it's fifteen thousand dollars. So he said he'll take it. So he gets the script and he's like, "Oh shit, this whole thing revolves around me. It's like the whole story is is me. I had a bunch of lines." And a, and a soliloquy about a gravelly road. And um, he called uh, Marsha Mason and said, I think I'm in over my head. How do I memorize lines? Uh, so she just like went over like some tips and tricks. And he was just he just had to remember his lines. 
and act. And he's not horrible. He's not great, but he's he's actually not horrible. And um, he's he's got some funny lines. And like Jerry, like thinks they're rushing it, and he's taking it too fast because he asked him to help him move. And he winds up <laughs> he winds up dating Elaine. Um, and then Jerry tells him he can't help him move, and that's when uh, Kramer and Newman come in and the whole Zapruder film scene. And uh, yeah, I, I, it's 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 memorable, and I never like Keith Hernandez. You never forget Keith Hernandez, and I think that's helped what make him so famous. I mean, he was a hell of a baseball player, but like that showed he had a personality, and he's he's a, a television. He's like the guy with the Mets right now on TV. Uh, but classic Seinfeld, Keith Hernandez, uh, and he was he was nervous too. The guy fucking played baseball in a stadium with sixty thousand people. He was nervous to do Seinfeld. <laughs> Is that why he put on that mustache for the show to like kind of hide behind it, or was what? that real? He lived in that mustache, man. <laughs> that thing was glorious. That thing's amazing. That was baseball like that? in the early nineties. Giant oh, yeah. f- mullets and mustaches. That's why I love like I will I will turn on ML if MLB has like an old game on, I will turn it on just for the facial hair. Mm-hmm. Especially the '93 Phillies. Oh man, that it was that was so manly. Yeah, was, like I could never do men. that. When you like, had, it, it, I I physically cannot grow that. A side shaved a mullet. A full on, full on mustache, like thick mustache, like and three like... pouches of chewing tobacco in your cheek. <laughs> <laughs> man, the magic loogie reconstructed. Man, you got if, if if you haven't watched it, this episode a shame. But if you have Hulu, watch the full episode. If you have YouTube, you could go on and watch some of the best scenes. Search the magic loogie. Uh, the magic loogie reconstructed like the Keith Hernandez scenes. Uh, Wayne Knight is in there like going over cause he's in, he's the attorney in uh, JFK, the, um, the movie. Mm-hmm. So he's playing that role in here and it's really funny. Um, he does that twice. What, what, he, he does that with his, what season was this? Cause I haven't, I probably haven't seen this one in God knows how long. Uh, this was season. Uh, hold on, Keith Hernandez. I know that every line from it and all the storylines, but seasons I get mucky with Seinfeld. I know, like based on the storyline, if it's eight, like eight or nine last seasons, Keith Hernandez. And I guess I could have looked that up, but. Well, I mean, it's it's my pick. I should have had this, and I, I guess you knew I didn't have this ready, so you wanted to embarrass me. And, no, uh, no, but um, now in hindsight, I'm glad I did. Oh, it was uh, season three. <laughs> Episode 17 and 18. <laughs> From February 1992, it was an episode called The Boyfriend. Oh, and it was written by Larry David. No shit. You don't want to throw that? <laughs> they all were. <laughs> I will, you know what? I, I don't know i started setting the hulu up the other day i don't think i've used it yet so maybe i'll break it in with that one best uh, so joe quick ask really quick uh best seinfeld supporting character ever it's newman not kenny bang is good putty's good but it's newman yeah 
Yeah, Newman's the best. Because <laughs> he's he's because he's a great foil to. You know, you can pick. He can be a foil to any one of them. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, uh, he he's great, but uh, <laughs> uh, another one I I like is FDR Franklin Delano Romanansky. <laughs> Kramer's friend. And then, um, yeah, Daryl Cantor said I was using my autism magic again, recounting. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. George's dad, Frank Costanza. He's a good one. Best supporting character. He's good. I don't. I still say Newman. Jerry's parents are pretty good, too. But I don't know. Oh, and um, Jackie Childs does steal scenes. Uh, Kramer's lawyer. Who told you to put a bomb on? You don't even know what a bomb is. Uh, well, I could I could talk Seinfeld. We could do a whole show on Seinfeld. <laughs> I, I could talk Seinfeld in and out all day long. But we don't have all day, and we need to get to Squeezer's first pick. So, Squeezer, here is yours. Thank you. Welcome, everybody. This is Tim the Tool Man Taylor, and welcome to a special live edition of Tool Time. Today on the show, we're it's hoping... special because we have a very special guest. Why don't we let the audience decide how special the guest is, Al? I'm sure a lot of you have seen his show and maybe read his books. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Bob Vila. What a great audience. What a wonderful audience. Thank you. It's just so great to be here on your show, Jim. It's Tim. <laughs> I'd like you to meet my assistant. Oh, Al and I met. How you doing? Good to see you again. It's, the pleasure is mine, Mr. Vila. Call me Bob. I can't. Oh, my God. The episode where uh, Al tries to make a cuck out of Tim Taylor. Oh, and, and succeeds. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Tim does it to himself. Um, or Jim. Uh, th this was... Uh, this was like uh, meant to be. Like this was like the match made in sitcom heaven. Because Bob Vila was a huge star at the time. He was fresh into uh, Bob Vila's home again after leaving this old house because of Rickles. This um, old squeezer. And that is a whole rad year story to be had down the road. Um, no, really, it's not. So he was. So Bob Vila was a host of This Old House with Norm Abrams, who's awesome. Um, but then what happened was Bob Vila started taking money from Rickles and doing Rickles ads. Meanwhile, This Old House was sponsored and underwritten entirely by Home Depot back then. Mm. And you're like, dude, what the fuck? So Home Depot yanked the money from the show. And then everyone got pissed off. Bob left the show and then started his own show. And then it was after that. That's when, like, and his celebrity really kind of blew up from there. Right. Appearances and stuff. But from the moment Home Improvement started, there was this, like, clamor, like, when is Bob Vila going to be on the show? Because it just made sense. It was a good match because Tim was kind of like a parody of very much of that. And Tool Time was a parody of that. Al couldn't be any more of, of a take on norm abrams like he's just very quiet educated knows what he's doing kind of guy and the the jab and the slight against bob vila was like he because he would always be like asking all these questions and 
he kind of just stood around and you know talked to the people while they did all the work and it was like my dad couldn't stand bob vila and but he loved norm and just like everyone loves al but the thing and i was so whoa, i'm gonna defend whoa, bob vila whoa here. whoa whoa what's that i love tim and a lot of people have said i'm the tim taylor to your al Borland. That is very. I mean, we should have been doing that cosplay for years now. Um, it just makes it it it, it does work. Um, just because Tim Allen is just so handsome, <laughs> no. and a great host, and a great great host. Uh, you're beating around the bush as to why <laughs> people say that. <laughs> um. But the thing is, even though it, here's the problem. So Bob Vila's on the show and he's asking like contractors and carpenters and electricians all these questions. And like, well, why do you do that? Why do you do this? Why don't you show us how you do that? Be like, well, Bob Vila doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know anything. He has to ask all these questions. No, he was being a good host. No, he's being a good host. He was representing the viewers at home. Yes, that's what you're supposed to do. He was very good at it and breaking it down for numbskulls at home that didn't know what they were doing before DIY was like an everyday thing. Um, so it was, and he was like the face of home improvement. Like he was the guy. Um, and it, it just, it worked so well at the show too because he was, he played it very straight. He, they didn't, you knew he was the home improvement guy. They didn't mention anything beyond that, like real life, other than that it's Bob Vila. But you didn't have to. Wasn't he you know, craftsman? Kind of... You said Rickles, but wasn't Bob Vila a craftsman? Yes. And that's Sears. So he did Rickles, and then after after that, then he went and he had a deal with Sears and Craftsman. That ended. If you wanna, if you wanna see an ugly breakup, go and read up on him and Sears back in like the. 2000s uh well, when they parted ways isn't that what tim was based on with binford uh yeah it was supposed yeah. to be craftsman yeah i don't know exactly when um he started with um the sears stuff but it was it was pretty early on but then they had a really bad breakup uh sears was at you know sears was losing money left and right and well, they bought Kmart. They were paying him. They were paying him like five million dollars, I think, a year over a couple years to be the uh, the Sears and Craftsman spokesperson. It was from 1989 on, so that's probably exactly okay. Came so it was about. right. It was right after he left the show. He picked up the the Craftsman deal, um, and uh, they wanted out of this deal because it was costing them money, and they're trying to cut costs wherever and some. There's a black. There's emails back and forth on record, and they go, "How do we get rid of Vila? How do we end this contract?" And someone, someone emails back, "Send him back to Cuba." He's Cuban. Cuban descent, oh. but still. <laughs> and then so that got out, and it was it, it was an ugly, ugly breakup. Uh, it's a good time. Um, but there, he's a great. I'm gonna keep. I, I my word of the day. He's a great foil to Tim. Um, and he, he just plays it straight and it just highlights Tim's incompetence and insecurities thinking that he, uh, he knows Bob Vila is the bigger star 
but he doesn't want to admit it because Tim's the big fish in that small pond, and Bob Vila's the whale that came in like with the entire ocean. Um, and then as things go on, they they do their little thing. Jill calls in. They try to set up a whole thing where he wins the contest, but he blows that too. Then he knocks out Bob Vila with a like a six by eight. Um, and then there's all this fallout because he concussed Bob Vila. Hmm. And then Bob Vila comes back on the show. There's a big apology. And then uh, Tim electrocutes himself trying to show off to Bob Vila. And that's how the the show ends. More power. Yes. Uh, um, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, can I be the tool girl? Lisa. Oh, yes. Ferris. Ferris wants to be the Pamela Anderson of. Uh, it was more Heidi. Years. Heidi was. Pamela Anderson was only like one season. Heidi took out. Yeah, she was uh, Deborah Dunning. Uh, it was the first couple. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I I was a Heidi girl. Uh, you were a Heidi girl. Um, was, I was. A... <laughs> uh, that's weird. <laughs> it's a Freudian slip, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <it> was a... <laughs> T- Tool Time oh, was conceived as a parody of this old house. Mm-hmm. And Tim and Al are caricatures of the two principal cast members. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and it just it, it it's very fitting. Uh, and it wouldn't be his only time. Uh, he would come back on, uh, make two more appearances, uh, in future seasons. Um, he he was in the the Great Race and Great Race Two. That's the one where they have the lawnmower race for charity, and Tim soups his riding mower up with a jet engine, <laughs> and then uh, hilarity ensues. Uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, it, it was fun. It was fitting. It's what people like were clamoring for from the beginning. Um, but then you can also argue like, did it? Did it really? This was, it was the seventeenth episode, so it was probably already shot or close. Like it was probably already scheduled or booked by the time people were like, "We want Bob Vila." They probably knew they had to get him. Mm. Beach Boys also made a guest appearance uh, when they were like at their second wave of, of fame and they were appearing on um, Full House and they appeared here and um, kind of, uh, I don't know, I, there was a lot of, I, I've never missed an episode of of uh, Home Improvement. That was my one of my dad's favorite shows. If you'd be like, oh, all right, we're going to watch Home Improvement tonight. It's one of my favorites. Tim Taylor. Yeah, I remember... <laughs> I, I remember, like, tuning in for the debut of it. Like, it was one of those... I, I, I don't I remember, remember that. Those, like... we, we He got into it, I think, in syndication, and he caught up with it. But, yeah, uh, he was a huge... Oh, yeah, love... Uh, yep, mm-hmm. Love... Me. Yeah, it was one of those few shows. Like, that was, like... It was, like, the family show all kind of... You know, we would get together and watch. And, and I mean, probably we started once. Once the kids' voices changed, then you're like, "All right, we're good." Once the little one became goth, right? Yeah, that's when end. it started getting weird. I still liked it. I watched it all the way up to the yeah, end. I mean, it was st- it was still good. It was always good. Oh, and sorry, the episode title is uh, "What About Bob." Ooh. Which is a play on the great Bill Murray vehicle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, 
Um, all right, so that's Squeezer's first pick. Here is my next pick. Are you ready for some exquisite acting, everybody? Ooh. Oh, Rick Flair. So you're the developer. I thought you'd be in a pond hiding under the scum where you'd feel at home. Oh, Hogan, it's wonderful as always to see you again. And Macho Man, last time I saw your face, man, it was under my shoe. <laughs> what are you doing with your time now that you're a washed up ex wrestler, Flair? You know what they say, brother. Those who can do, those who can't don't. Well, if that's the case, you'll appreciate this. For starters, man, I bought the property. You got it? In a week, it'll all be mine. But today, I'm here because I've closed the gym down, big yeah. boy. You can't do that. Oh, little lady, that's where you're wrong. I'm the nature boy. I've got the documents. Soon, this will all be <laughs> I can play this, the full five-hour clip, but... I remember watching I was a, a mark for Baywatch and a mark for Hulk Hogan. And if he was in anything, I was watching it. But this episode was really weird. Hey, Mitch Buchanan wasn't in it. And I found out why just a few days ago. Kevin Sullivan said on his podcast just yesterday, I believe, that he thought there was heat between um, Buchanan and uh, uh, Hogan, he said, uh, I'm not, well, Hasselhoff, David Hasselhoff, who played Mitch Buchanan and Hogan. He was jealous of Hulk Hogan, thinking he was there to maybe steal his role or something. I don't know, brother. Um, but one of the things, hold on, Squeezer, you shared a reel with me. Is this for me to watch now? Oh, no, no, no. You can, I, I just, uh, something just popped up and I looked at it and figured I'd no. ask you if you'd buy it for me. Oh, okay. So uh, this stars... Uh, not breaking kayfabe, Hulk Hogan and uh, <laughs> Macho Man. Yeah, I should have known it was you, Flair. Yeah, um, and uh, Ric Flair, uh, Big Van Vader. I know we we got a request for the Vader Boy Meets World. Uh, I got Big Van Vader, and he's playing himself. Well, his gimmick here on uh, Baywatch, and Kevin Sullivan with his weird face makeup on the Taskmaster, as <laughs> referred to, and. The thing that sticks out the most is when you rewatch this these clips is Hogan was known would go on to be known as Hollywood Hogan in a few years and the big movie star but the only one of the uh well let's say five of them there even even let's say six cuz we'll throw Pam Anderson in there that has any acting chops is Nature Boy baby he's the only one nailing his lines and 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 really killing it there everyone else is very Fool me one. Or what, what does he say? I don't even. I can't remember how stupid the <laughs> fucking. Hold on, let's try. Uh, those who can't, don't. Don't. My shoe. <laughs> what are you doing with your time now that you're a washed up? Those who. There it is. Do, those who can do. Those who can't, don't. Those who can do. Those who can't, don't. How many takes do you think they did of him, them, him, him getting directions about inflection or change it up or just give me a little more attitude, and he just delivered the exact same way over and over again? What were they thinking? They should have been like, "All right, Hulkster, we don't need, we're not giving you lines." Flair's gonna come out. He says he's the developer and he bought the property. Just cut a promo. Will you know yeah. something, Macho Man? These jabronis get out here, and they, you know what I always say, those who can do, those who can't, don't, brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just let him shoot. 
Like, yeah, cut a promo. Fucking, like, Jesus. Uh, but instead, it's... And, I mean, he's he's got his full beefcake, but he's kind of dry. He's not slicked up. He's, he's looking dry. And uh, he's out there cutting... Trying to trying to act, Macho is like, hey, "What are you doing in these parts, Baywatch fool? <laughs> Should be doing something better with your time. Thinking, 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 reading books, making ships and bottles." <laughs> but you know, Macho Macho is just Macho. He's just always him. Even when he played Bonesaw in Spider Man, he's like, "I'm the Bonesaw, brother. Yeah, <laughs> read the books." <laughs> You know, he's just always him. I'm sure when he's at McDonald's, he'll take a six-piece chicken nugget. Yeah, not the ten, not the three, the six. You dig it? <laughs> <laughs> like, don't you think that's how he is when he go like what, how uh, yeah, he was? Yeah, well, because you don't you don't see him out. You never saw him outside of that role. Like he always, like there was because there was there was a volume to him, and he was always at eleven. It's like Hogan great. could like. Tone it down, or you know. Yeah, Hogan could tone he, it down for Mr. Nanny. He, he, Hogan, you can have a casual conversation with him for a right guard commercial. Uh, Anything else would be uncivilized. Macho yeah. Man would be, like, yeah, you gotta use this deodorant. I'm telling you, anything else would be uncivilized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like even just asking him for directions. It's like Hulkster would just tell you, yeah, go down the street, turn left. Yeah, he wouldn't throw in like 10 brothers in there. Yeah, Macho's going to shoot on you. He's going to tell you why you have to go down that road and why you shouldn't go left and why you should go right. Um, the cream always rises to the top, and they go right, not left. I'll tell you something right now. Yeah, you go left, you're going to wind up in a circle back in the place you started. <laughs> Read the boots. First name Macho, last name Man. Yeah. And really getting a lot of, of, of my, I want. I can't wait. Uh, apparently, at some point, there's a guy playing Macho Man on Young Rock, and I want to see how his <laughs> impression holds up to my bad impression. I mean, that's true. Like you, that's the you. That's weird that you said that. It's impression, because anyone else, you would say that you're an actor portraying that character, but for some reason, you're anyone is just you're just doing an impression of Macho Man. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. so far they've got Iron Sheik, Andre the Giant, and Macho Man. I mean, they should have just hired me. I could have been like Eddie Murphy and played all the roles. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Young Rock. I'm Andre the Giant. I'm here to be a friend of your father's. And it, it's just not working out. And the director's like, what can we do to get, we just, we got to get this out of you. And all of a sudden your phone rings and it's like, Hi, we are calling about the extended warranty on your car. And you're like, start rolling. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> They're just going to have to put me in like bodysuits like Eddie Murphy, too, that have muscles on them <laughs> instead of fat. <laughs> uh, anything to see you, you in those little chic shoes. <laughs> you're Would you have to wear the whole, like, uh, the Hulk rig for... Uh... For Andre, you just have like a a, a frame it like. I, I like look a like wire, fucking a wire mesh over your head. I look CGI like Andre's head on you. Nah, or that, or I look like fucking Ripley in a fucking loading 
power loader. <laughs> Driving an Andre body. Hello, young rock. We are in Hawaii. I wrestled for your grandmother. Uh, uh, a fully Weta designed animatronic mm -hmm. Andre the Giant. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, if we're gonna go out there, we're gonna do it right. You hear me? Uh, but yeah, this Baywatch episode is god awful. But it's no different oh, than any other episode. As opposed of to all the other really great Baywatch episodes. Right, and it, and it was purposely it was it was it was Bischoff's synergy. You know, he was like, I, that's how he, he got Hogan over. He's like, I could get you acting gigs. You know, with synergy, you you don't work, won't work as many dates, and we'll get you we'll get you acting, and um. The the acting gig, yeah, Baywatch. It's you know, acting. You have to go. You have to tilt your hand back and forth when you say acting. <laughs> Is it really <laughs> acting? Is it? Yeah, any other show, this would not have flown. No. But Baywatch, yeah. But yeah, people weren't expecting. Or weren't. Wait, Baywatch started in '89. Yeah. Jeez. Went to '97 with Baywatch Nights or '98. So it had it has almost ten years. But this was all meant to sell 1995's Bash at the Beach. So all those characters were in place, and they set up their matches uh, in this show. <laughs> <laughs> the cage match with Vader and Hogan and the lifeguard match with Savage and Flair. Dig it! This was... This is like a, a, a ranks robbing of, of WWF talent at the time. You got Hogan... Savage, Nasty Boys, Big Bubba, who is Boss Man. Uh, they were pulling them left and right. The Zodiac uh, and Kamala and Jim Duggan. The Zodiac was Beefcake. Uh, like They were just taking anybody and everybody from WWF and just right there, throwing them in the match. Harlem Heat versus the Nasty Boys. That, and that's why Diesel had the belt. That's why Diesel had the belt. Uh, nasty boys, the two Whitehall squeezers, alma maters, two top Represent athletes. It's Brian Nobbs, athletes to ever come out of Whitehall High School. Brian Nobbs, Jerry Sags, Squeezer, and then what's that guy's no, name on the Giants? It, it, it's, <laughs> it's the Nasty Boys, then Saquon, then Saquon Barkley, then uh, then Matt Millen, then you, then me, then Dan then Copen. Robert. And then Dan Copen is like 64th on the list because he played for the Dirty Patriots. I don't care how many Super Bowl rings he had and centered for two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but he played for the Patriots. So, mm. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um... Oh, did he? I didn't even know that. Daryl said Vader got fired before it even aired. <laughs> Thought it was a shoot, yeah. Yeah, he said he, my Andre impression is like chewing on, chewing on your own tongue. Well, well, they're basically you just gotta let your tongue go dead. Oh, Baywatch is on Hulu too. Yes. We're oh on man, my Hulu is gonna be getting a workout now. It's either on Amazon or yeah, you know you say that squeezer, but you're gonna watch ten minutes of your first episode and be like, I can't. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, I, I I got to. I have to watch this one. It's really bad. Oh, get my ass on that. This one in particular is even worse. Just this one, yeah. I'm not. I'm not gonna watch all. It's of on YouTube. Watch nuts. 
So oh, you don't even need yeah, to go on. Why Hulu. would they? They don't even bother to try. No, no. I, I gotta do something while I'm, I get my fat ass on the elliptical. I can start watching hot garbage. Mm. Do, do I? Do I? Do I watch Keith Hernandez on Seinfeld first, and then watch Baywatch, or do I watch Baywatch, and then watch Seinfeld with Keith Hernandez? I I I, I don't know how to answer that one. Mm, gotcha. Or just not. Watch Baywatch. Uh, Just watch I have the to. clip. The, I can play the whole thing for you if it'll per- save you some time. No, it's good. I'm going to watch the whole episode. And you're like, I don't oh, I have, You haven't watched Young Rock yet. Yeah, you're, you're, you're so behind on stuff, but you're like, I'm going to watch this Baywatch episode to torture myself. Yeah. Yeah. He's a masochist. It's, only, it's, it's what, 44 minutes? I can get No, nah, it's long as fuck. Oh, is it a two parter? I think it is. Because that. Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Here is Squeezer's only second pick. We're really fucking oh, flying man. tonight. Now, <laughs> oh, fucking spotlight. I'm trying to play Squeezer's clip, damn it. Mr. Hamill, Mr. Mayor, come on. Who are you? Homer Simpson, Nerdbuster, and I'm getting you out of here. I can't, Homer. I twisted my ankle. You guys go on without me. Never! Follow me. How was I supposed to know it's not a real spaceship? Dad! It's a Skywalker! Homer, I think you know what to do. Shoot, I forgot my lightsaber. All right. Oh, wait, here it is. Good scene. Oh, it's great. Visually, Homer carrying Mark Hamill as, well, I'm sorry, Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill, because he's referred to as Mr. Skywalker in the show more than. Uh, I think I think Homer and Lisa are the only two that call like refer to him as Mark Hamill. Everyone else refers to him as Mr. Skywalker. Uh, but he he's comes off as so uh, sheepish and meek and weak in the entire episode, just being like beaten down by nerds. Uh, he he quote unquote twists his ankle before walking off and then running away when he gets caught. Uh, it's so great, and then the the visual at the end there of Homer carrying him out, a la the end bodyguard. of the bodyguard. But the best, my favorite part about it is him going out of the way to kick people. Like you just see Homer zigzagging through the crowd, just walking out of his way to kick nerds. It, it, it's one of one of my favorite Simpson episodes. <laughs> uh, the main the main story isn't so. It's ba- it's bookended with Mark Hamill, and then the core of it is Homer being bodyguard for Mayor Quimby, while he takes bribes left and right, or as Homer, or as they would say, he was telling Bart and Lisa, he got more change. He got change, um, and then they're involved with the mob. Uh, the mob is uh, providing milk for the school, and they're milking rats, and. Uh, uh, what was the milk? Oh, genuine animal milk is what it said if you freeze it on the milk carton. They're drinking genuine 
animal milk. And then, yeah, Homer realizes that they're milking rats. Right. That's where the line comes from. They're milking rats! Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it also, one it opens up with them watching Roger Corman's Titanic. And then it throws it to a commercial for the Baimon Sci-Fi-Con. Baimon uh, Sci-Fi-Con. Which is, I think, the, it's the bi-monthly sci-fi convention. Um, and uh, with uh, your stars, Mark Hamill and Alf. And it's like two little spinning heads of Mark Hamill and Alf and many more. And then it's a spinning head of Mark Hamill and Alf. So clearly <laughs> they're the only ones there. They go to the convention. Mark Hamill shows up trying to, as Luke Skywalker, but, and as a great take for all the, a lot of these conventions, he immediately just starts going into how uh, Sprint can save you on long distance <laughs> using the lightsaber as a pointer. What's, and then they, <laughs> what's the one where he sings, luck be a Jedi tonight. That, that's at the end of the episode. Okay. So, so to get work, so the mayor goes to the theater to see uh, Mark Hamill, or I think Luke Skywalker, in um, Guys and Dolls. So instead of Luck Be a Lady Tonight, um, they sing Luke Be a Jedi Tonight. Luke Be a Jedi Tonight, yeah. Um, and it just goes to like, the whole like a gag of Mark Hamill can't escape that character, and he has to be Luke Skywalker no matter what he's in. You could argue... This might be his greatest voiceover role of all time. I mean, I can't think of anything else that he's done that can even be compared to, uh, you know, Emmy award-winning performances. But I kid, I kid. He's possibly one of the most talented voice artists. Like his Joker's phenomenal. He was also, uh, 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 what's the name of the character in this episode? Like, he said it was fun playing him, but he also played the instructor at the Bodyguard Academy. Mm. That was actually him. So he does two voices in the show. Yeah, he well, says he has more fun doing the voiceover work, right? doing a character, than actually being himself. Um, and there's a ton of other little references in there. Homer screaming nerds, a la <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds. Nerds! Um, Ogre. Uh, yeah, I, I love this episode. I think Mark Hamill is fantastic as Mark Hamill. Um, it's this was on. I want to say this was on. I, I think tape six of my Simpson collection, where I had everything like logged and cataloged, and episode numbers and descriptions like on the. Well, I would get the the black cases from. Uh, uh, blockbuster mm -hmm. and then i would print out like the list of episodes with description of each one on it and then slip that in so all you had to do is roll the case over and you had every episode on on the case so i knew what tape of simpsons i wanted to watch well i think i got to like i think i got to like 15 or 16 i remember come 2000 i was like i don't know it wasn't limewire yet it was some other it was it was right when I it was like my last like using a PC before I completely switched to Mac. I would just my friend Phil and I would just stay up all summer and I'd download Simpsons episodes like illegally because it was like the best way to find them. 
off of like bit uh, it wasn't bit it was peer to peer i forget what the fuck it was Kazaa, i think it was off limewire Kazaa, i'd get simpsons and seinfeld episodes and we just watch them like all night long on this like 12 inch crt monitor <laughs> and i mean there might have been tons of marijuana involved but oh. that makes things enjoyable oh yes. hi matt he wouldn't be a uh is that your matt yeah your matt oh, wow. my matt no i'm his i'm his derek i feel like uh whitey fisk um it's but the summer in my defense, me in my defense this may be the first time i've ever played a simpsons clip where it actually was pertinent to the topic I think we broke new ground here. No, nah, not true. We did a Simpsons episode. We did two Simpsons okay, episodes. Well, other than that. One with Chance Raspberry, lead animator on The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this one, it actually made sense for the first time in a long time now. In a long time. That's safe to say. Yeah. But don't worry. I have more clips from other shows that I play ad nauseum on this show. Hell, I have more shows I'm talking about that I just talked about last week. Um. All right, so let's. So, all right, it's almost tomorrow. Let's go to your third pick. My third pick is also Simpsons, and it's also pertaining to the clip. Oh, already. Sorry, lady. I know you. You're Kim Bassinger. It's Basinger. Oh, my God. I'm such a huge, huge fan of yours, Miss Bassinger. Thanks. Um, listen, you think you could slide over a little? Well, I am a married man. You're crushing my husband. Uh, uh, <gasps> Billy Baldwin! I'm Alec Baldwin. Could you get off me? Duh, what are you two kids doing in my neck of the woods? Well... Wait! Tell me over breakfast. Who's for pancakes? <laughs> uh, this is an episode off of season 10 which is a really good season of the simpsons this is episode five squeezer it aired november 8th 1998 and uh it's called when you dish upon a star and uh it's actually one of my favorite episodes of the simpsons ever uh alec baldwin early signs of him being one of the funniest men alive i don't know why until really 30 Rock, he didn't really come into his comedic own. But he is he he's also really funny as Leonardo Leonardo in uh the Clerks cartoon show. Uh so Alec Baldwin is always known to be funny, but he's really funny in this. And also Ron Howard and Brian Grazier all playing themselves. You there, Squeezer? I'm here. When you don't talk after we come out of the clip, I'm never sure if you're still there or not. Oh no, I'm still I'm still here. I'll just I'll make a little noise. Well, yeah, when I and then I when I lay out, that's when it's your turn to talk. That's how this works. Oh. I know you're reading you something look. on Instagram. Yeah, I laid out twice, waiting for you to reply, and I just okay, okay, keep going. I thought I thought I thought you were just taking a breath. <laughs> no, you're reading Instagram. I know it. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I, wasn't. I was staring through my screen blankly. No. <laughs> Um, so some things about this episode, it was, it was originally pitched for Bruce Springsteen as a celebrity who moves to town, but he, uh, Bruce, the rejected the, uh, chance to appear on Simpsons for some reason. Then, uh, they reached out to Bruce Willis and Demi Moore 
and they too turned down the offer. But Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger. Uh, it, it's hard to say after this, isn't it? Yes. They um, agreed to guest star in the episode. Uh, and then, then they got to Ron Howard uh, to come in. And um, he said, it was an honor and probably from my kid's perspective, my coolest turn. <laughs> There's just so many fun jokes uh, in here where he gets jealous that uh, they don't need him anymore, or, or and he's he's selling their secrets or telling their secrets all around town, and then they they fire him, so he makes the uh, Hollywood he takes Flanders uh, RV and makes it the Museum of Hollywood Jerks, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I like he pitches the the pie movie. What's it? He's is a guy who has a time traveling lawn chair. He's got a talking pie as a sidekick. Yes. The movie pitch at the end? Well, no, that's the movie pitch Homer first makes to Ron Howard. And then Ron Howard can't get a pitch, and he's in Brian Grazer's office, and he he pitches him uh, Homer's, uh, his screenplay, and he says, you did it again, and he hands him bags of money, and then the Happy Days (laughs) theme is played. (laughs) Um, Sadly, that... uh... That's really how things probably happen from time to time. Yeah, it's a killer robot driving instructor that travels back in time for some reason. As well as a talking pie, the robot's best friend. And I think he used the... It doesn't say here, but I think he used a lawn chair. It was his time travel machine, right? Uh, I think that was... Was that Homer's initial pitch? Yeah. Yeah. And he had the picture of it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind, actually. Now, since... Maybe not then, because it was the late 90s, but now I think we have the technology for that. I think so, too. To make that movie. There's no reason not to. Shit. Uh, also, when all the townspeople from Springfield are coming to their Kim Basinger and like Baldwin's house, the um, the drinks are, are shaking like Jurassic Park. She's like, oh, and they, they do like that funny, like, oh, my God, they're coming. Um, good stuff. Great episode, funny episode, and definitely worth a watch if you have not seen it in a while. Squeezer, your third pick. All right, Corn, time for you to get out of town. Corn ah! is sending their demon minions upon us. Ah! All right, gang, looks like we're gonna have to use our special corn powers. Corn powers vitalize! Monkey, David, Fieldy, and Jonathan! Form of corn! Alright, great job, gang! That didn't help at all! We know, it's just cool to do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, this is such a great episode. I I watched this this afternoon and I was just giggling like a little little squeezer like a little squeezer boy yeah I, yeah um this, this episode this is one i think one of the better it's top 10 easily south park episodes of all time i think uh this the fact is that they do a whole scooby-doo gag in the show like the, the whole the premise of the show is 
like ghosts haunting a th the fair and the docks. But everyone, the animation is the same across the board for South Park, except Corn, the band, the van, and their little pet flying duck niblet. Um, that is clearly a reference to a later series of later season of any of these episode shows hmm. uh, are all done in classic Scooby-Doo Hanna-Barbera animation. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. So they stand out from everything and the the way their, their, their look, their animation and just their dialogue. They're so flat and just them just walking around saying like groovy all the time and being all positive and just, and all the sc silly Scooby-Doo tropes are there. Um, like losing their glasses and talking to the ghost and then like thinking that it's one of the other guys in the band. They set the traps um, uh, and then still catch themselves in it. And then they solve the mystery. And then when they solve the mystery and they reveal how it was all done, um, it is like... <laughs> How, oh, it's just, they created the ghost just using these matches and these Q-tips. And that flying pirate ghost ship in the sky, that was just some flashlights and a squirrel. Uh, it, it's, this episode, it, it's so good. And it, it, it's very creepy, too. Because um, part of it involves, uh, there's plenty of nec necrophilia references. Uh, they dig up Kyle's dead grandmother. Then she's consumed by a dog that then vomits her up. Uh, there's also an Antonio Bandera sex doll that plays a major role um, throughout the uh, throughout the episode, and it has a massive package in a leopard print bikini. And I don't know why the Antonio Bandera sex doll also has a giant. Well, I, I guess I know why it has a a big hole in the mouth. But uh, <laughs> Cartman walks around with that all day because he thinks it's his Christmas present. And the, some of the brilliance of the episode is it's a Halloween episode. It came out on at Halloween. It was like the 27th or whatever. Um, but yet the entire episode for Cartman, all he cares about is that Christmas is only like 72 days away. So he's just singing Christmas carols the entire episode. Uh, and it's great. Kenny's uh, Halloween costume, he goes all out. At, and he's a, an ED-209 from RoboCop. Uh, and just when you think he survives, uh, it's a great little gag at the end, uh, in the credits where a bunch of tiny little snow speeders come out and shoot their harpoon and tow cables at him and trip him up. And then he explodes and rats eat him. Hmm. Uh, it just, it's a really good episode. It's season three, episode 10. The, the, for me though, it's the animation of it and corn themselves they're in it the entire episode. This isn't just a cameo. Like they are, um, the, the center. They are are center stage in the entire episode. They do all the voice work. It's, it, it, you could tell that they had fun doing it. I have. And I have to say, and it's campy. I've got some insider on corn. Uh, I've done their show many times. Jonathan Davis is a very down earth guy. He hangs out outside the dressing room. He's basically outside smoking the entire time and talking to anyone. And now I'm talking, 
he's going to talk until you can find a reason to get out of there. I mean, it's pretty cool. I'm a I'm a closet corn fan, everybody. Oh, I'm I've actually now that I've been exercising more. Thank you. That's your fault. Um, I actually, uh, it's my my default. I gotta I gotta put some new metal on to. Uh, yeah. me. So Most new metal I, bands, I and then so I but I I started that way, and then I ended up wasting too much time going over and skipping tracks until I realized I was mostly just landing on corn and some Deftones. So I just started going with corn and. Yeah, you know Deftones are okay, but I am a a corn. I like their music oh, I, and I yeah. like their performances. Oh, yeah. Oh yes, yes, Daryl. Uh, is it a uh, are they pirate ghosts or ghost pirates? And that is a big debate, a big fight in the episode themselves, which is hilarious in itself. But the writing came from an argument in the writing room where they were arguing over, are they pirate ghosts or ghost pirates? Mm. Yes. So real life, real life drama making it into the show. And and Daryl, off topic, he asked if I've seen any of Pee Wee's stuff from the uh, Letterman in the early 80s. Yes, a lot of that's on YouTube. It's great stuff. Uh, Dave loved having Pee Wee on there as his foil. Um, all right, I guess it's time to move on to my fourth pick, Squeezer. Ten yards, one shot. Congratulations, son. You feel better? No, it's not the same. There's no fans in the stands. There's no pressure. And I didn't win a million dollars. Let me tell you something, Hank. What happened yesterday is gone. Maybe you would have made that throw. But you picked me. Yeah, I picked you, but I thought at least you would have taken off your jacket. Hank, I practiced that throw all week at home. I even made a ten-foot-tall replica of the Alamo beer can. It gets cold in New Mexico this time of year, so I wore my coat. I wasn't going to change that yesterday. I didn't want to screw up my throwing motion. Huh. Well, had I known that, I probably wouldn't have tackled you. Damned if I didn't want to come through for you. I'm sorry I let you down, but you'll be a lot happier if you let this one go, Hank. I'll never have a chance like this again. Nope, you won't. You know, there's something I wanted as much as you wanted that million dollars. Don, you have everything. You were a cowboy during the Landry years. I wanted to go to the Super Bowl. Came close, but it never happened. Never will, and that's all right. I've never looked back. It is an honor just to be on the field with you, Dandy Don. (laughs) You know, I built a 10-foot Alamo beer can, too. Did you spot weld it or hot glue? Weld. That's the only way to go. No, it's not. You hot glue it. Come on. Uh, there's Bill saying he did them both. Nice weekend, Bill. Both of them. <laughs> this is probably one of the best episodes of King of the Hill ever. Season four, episode six, a beer can named Desire. Of Tennessee Williams' famous play, A Streetcar Named Desire. And man, Gilbert. Have you seen this episode? Uh, I mean, probably when it first aired, but... It's one of my favorites. And I, they bring Gilbert back, Bill's gay cousin Gilbert, in the last season of King of the Hill. 
and it's really great. Only King of the Hill would bring Gilbert back, but it's Gilbert, but he's it's it's Cajun French, so he's like Gilbert. <laughs> uh, and he's like, this November weather gives me the horribles, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> this Bobby is velvet. A gentleman shall know the difference between velvet and velveteen. <laughs> and Kank's comment is like, we've only been here for a few hours and he already looks like the boy from the pink can. Because <laughs> he's putting him in like dandy outfits. So the whole premise of it is uh, if if you drink, which drinking is a big part of King of the Hill in the alley. Mm-hmm. You, and if you look at the bottom of your beer can, you could win a chance to uh, throw a football through and meet Dandy Don Meredith, former cowboy, in uh, the Superdome in New Orleans to win a million dollars. Or you could have Dandy Don throw it and win $100,000. So uh, Hank and the boys are drinking in the alley and they're wasted. And Hank decides that he's going in to sleep and he doesn't finish the beer. So he he puts a bag around it and a rubber band and then saran wrap around it. And then a few minutes later, Luann, who's underage, comes in and finishes it. And she wins. Now I'm really MacGyvering this episode here, but um, <laughs> it's there's so many guest stars. So uh, uh, Bill, who asked to go along with because his family's in uh, Louisiana and he'd like to see them, and his aunt is played by Meryl Streep, and his three cousin, it's one's his cousin, and the other two are cousin in laws of his, and. They're played by the Dixie Chicks, and all three of them are trying to sleep with Bill to get the dough tree line again. And Peggy's like, Bill, uh, two of these women are were married to your cousins. They're not related, but one of these women are your your true blood cousins. So to be safe, you shouldn't sleep with any of them. <laughs> it's a great episode. Uh, Danny Nunn Madison, he's like, if if and butts were candy and nuts... We'd all have a Merry Christmas. Uh, of course, Don Meredith, best known as being the Monday Night Football commentator to Howard Cosell the, and Frank with Frank Gifford. Uh, some people might know him as a quarterback for the Vikings. I'm not the Vikings. Uh, sorry. If only. Uh, a quarterback for the Cowboys. Uh, Texas boy, born in Mount Vernon, Texas, and uh, only 100 miles east of Dallas. And went to Texas A&M and played football for the Dallas Cowboys. Never won a Super Bowl, but uh, tack welded, spot welded a 10-foot Alamo beer can instead of hot glued it. <laughs> Died back in 2010 at the age of 72. Really? Yeah. Huh. Why? Why is that? No, I just, I, I don't know. I always think like some people are still alive. No, no, he's he was seventy two. If he was still alive, he'd be eighty three. So he, yeah, technically he could still be alive. Uh, yeah, it's not that's not that old. So it's younger than my grandma. He could almost be president of the United States. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, he was in a lot of TV shows, Police Story. You know, he's in a few movies, not good ones, but made for television roles. I mean, shit. Hogan, Flair, and Macho Man run. You yeah. They watch so. <laughs> Dandy Don, you think you can much. get me a guest? You don't have to be able to act <coughs> on TV. Hey Dandy, you think you can get me a guest? Shot on Police Story, yeah. 
<coughs> I got to stop doing matcha. It's killing my throat. Uh, a streetcar named Desire. Great. There's a lot of uh, um, guest stars in King of the Hill, but I think Willie Nelson, uh, a bunch of country music stars, and uh, Don Meredith were the only ones who played themselves. Squeezer. Hmm. Okay, moving on, Mr. Squeezer, your fourth pick. Gilligan! Kipper, what happened to your hat? You're using it for bait. Oh. I'll get it back to you, Skipper. Don't worry. Gilligan! You idiot! You guys are hilarious! Encore! Encore! Yeah! Who are you? I'm Al, your biggest fan. I worship the sand you walk on. I worship the sand you walk on. Uh, it wouldn't be a <clears throat> Rogers episode without Alf in it, would it? Nope. No, of course not. And to me, th- this is one of my favorite Alf episodes twofold. One, at the time, I absolutely loved Alf. And two, at the time, little old me, I loved Gilligan's Island. Little old squeezer. Was, little old squeezer. Little on- four or five-year-old squeezer, because this was on in the morning. This was like the only thing on in the morning. You know, you've probably seen the same episode a thousand times because it was only three seasons. Yeah. Well, and Alf did too, and Alf. So, like, yeah, it was uh, on. I mean, it was for the longest time the longest running reruns of. That was the prom. No one, everyone thought the show would fail, which kind of technically it did. Um, I mean, three seasons isn't terrible. But no one took uh, any royalties or any percentages. Or everyone just right, yeah, they, cashed yeah. up front, and that was it. And and that's why a lot of people are pretty uh, bitter about their time on Gilligan's Island and feel that it uh, ruined their careers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tina Louise being one, uh, Ginger, she wanted nothing to do with Gilligan's Island after those three seasons. Any of the movies or spinoffs, all that, she wanted nothing to do with it she wanted nothing to do with uh this episode she was not there uh there was no ginger and the howls were absent too uh uh thurston how uh, uh what's his real name in real life i have no idea uh, i know this uh uh thurston jim Backus. how i think it was jim Backus, right it was jim Backus. Yes, Jim Backus. Yeah, so he was already. He's a millionaire, right? The yes. Millionaire. Yeah. So he he was sick, so he wasn't able to make it. And without Mister Howe, it would make se- make sense to have uh, Mrs. Howe. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. the three of them weren't there. But you have you have Gilligan, uh, which you know, Bob Denver, Alan Hale is the skipper. Um, Don Wells shows up as uh, Marianne, who just passed and, uh, away. The professor's like... there. Yes, Don Wells just passed her. away like a month ago, right? Yeah, yep. Um, she would have been... She was probably still in her 40s, actually, by the time... Maybe... I think she was like 49, 50, actually, by the time this episode aired. Uh, Bob Denver. It, it's kind of weird, because like Bob Denver 
who plays like the younger Gilligan, you know, he was like in his fifties by now. So like, there's definitely some wear and tear like in his face. Like he just looked exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but they they play it up. They do a really they it really is. They didn't feel like they were phoning it in on a, like a little coconut phone. They their their acting was up to par with any of their acting on a Gilligan's Island episode. Okay. I don't know if that's a good thing. Well. But, so, Alf is obsessed with Gilligan's Island, because that's all he's watching for the longest time. And he gets bored with uh, time at home in the Tanner household. That's a constant theme. So he has to find he he thinks Gilligan's Island life on Gilligan's Island is so much more exciting. He's in the bedroom while Willie and Kate are trying to get to bed, and he's just nagging them constantly. So Willie just breaks down and goes, "Fine, I'll make you your own lagoon." So Alf decides he's going to go out. And, that's a great idea. He goes and does it on his own. And just one of my favorite sight gags of the entire series is Alf in the backyard. And Willie walks out and falls into a pit of water in the backyard. And Alf is there with a shovel and a pickaxe and dug an entire lagoon in their backyard and somehow also planted like additional palm trees and vegetation. Um, and for one of the first times, like Alf gets yelled at, Willie was a little harsh on him. He actually like really dug into him and it was almost mean. Willie. Um, yeah. I felt you felt bad for Alf in this one. He was just trying to live his dream. Yeah. And then at that point, Alf leans up against a palm tree and falls asleep because uh, the work is just exhausting now. Uh, and he then has a whole dream that he is now on Gilligan's Island. And he wakes up by the lagoon and Gilligan and the skipper are there. Uh, and he is now just infatuated with them, loves them. He wants to live on the island, but all they do is talk about how miserable their life is and how uh, all they eat are coconut cream pies and it's just absolute misery that they haven't showered in 32 years. And kind of being the ghost of Christmas present, we'll go with that one. Mm. Um, And then the professor rigs up a coconut TV and they watch their favorite show, The Tanners, and then Alf sits and watches the family without him and how it's just their mundane day of, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm going to go get a shower. Oh, I'm going to eat this. And the cast of Gilligan's Island just being amazed and like laughing and how happy they are to watch these mundane things right. that they don't have anymore. Cause they're stuck on the Island. And then Alf realized how boring life was in the Island, that none of it is really that fun to be uh, a part of. And so he, you know, wakes up from his dream sequence, uh, happy to be back home for a short bit of time. Right. Because then he apologizes at the end when Willie looks out in the backyard and there's a stagecoach in the backyard and says that Alf needs to stop watching Bonanza. (laughs) End of episode. End of episode. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love this episode, and it, one, it's Alf, two, it's Gilligan's Island. Um, they do all the gimmicks, uh, you know, all the Gilligan's Island gimmicks. They get the gimmicks out. Get them out. You would say. Uh, it's a fun one. 
It's on Alpha's on Amazon uh, uh, Prime. So get your if gimmicks not, out. If you're not, if you're not watching uh, Baywatch on Hulu, you can go watch Alf. On Hulu. Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Oh, I think Baywatch is also on Amazon Prime. I'm not sure, though. I looked up. It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu for sure? Yeah. It was on Amazon Prime originally. Uh, they probably moved to uh, dumped it. And like, here, we'll give you Hulu. We'll give you money for this. Yeah, no one's watching it. Please take it off our servers. All right. Uh, here is my last celebrity cameo. And this might be the biggest celebrity of the bunch. What's going on? It's my cousin Steve. He's in town for the big science fair, and he won't quit bugging us. Julie and I are trying to write an article for the school paper, but her cousin is kind of a... What's the word I'm looking for? Pain in the butt. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> That's him. Dad, you never saw us. And if he asks where we are, we were never here, and we're never coming back. Got it. How annoying could one kid be? Honey, I'm home. Steve Urkel at your service. Hi, Steve. Listen, Steve, uh, DJ and Julie were never here and they're never coming back. Never? Well, that's okay. I'll wait. Steve, you have a spare accordion? We can jam. My accordion is in the shop. How you doing? I'm, I'm Danny Tanner, DJ's dad. That's Jesse Katsopoulos, my brother-in-law. Hi. Joey's not here. He's, uh, Jesse's best man. I'm just the head usher. Well, gee, Danny, you sound a little bitter. May I suggest that you just suck it up and get on with your life? Kid's got a point. <laughs> I could listen to Urkel on Full House all the time. But, I mean, Marvel, before you were doing it, they're crossing universes on TGIF. I think Kevin Smith was you know, doing it also. And comic books were also doing it. Kind of a thing, but I was uh, I fully marked out. And did you hear the Road Warrior pop he got when he came into the house? Oh, it was, yes, it was huge! Uh, my God, they pop for him. Uh, this I don't know anything about this. I didn't do any research on it. I don't have anything. I just assumed that TGIF was like Urkel was fucking gold. He had a, a Ralston cereal that was strawberry banana flavored Urkelos. He had a fucking pull string doll, which I could see. I have a one right standing right there staring at me. He had uh, action figures. He had uh, uh, slap bracelets. He had bookmarks. He had T-shirts. Urkel was fucking gold. And they're like, get that fucking nerd on Full House. We need a ratings boost at Full House at this point. It'll be huge. Everyone wanted a piece of Urkel. And he came through. He came on the show, and it was it was awesome. And as a kid, I marked out full bore for it. I was a huge, oh yeah, huge uh, Urkel mark, and uh, I love seeing him on uh, Full House. And uh, you know, yes, Jelly White did not guest star as himself, but just like Gilligan guest starred as Gilligan on Alf, it's kind of like Urkel guest starred as Urkel on Full House. Very cool stuff. Yeah. 
it's like the the Mark Hamill Luke Skywalker thing in The Simpsons. Like it, it's it's Luke Skywalker. It's not Mark Hamill anymore. You surrendered your identity to that character. Sorry. Yes. Well. Yeah. 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 He's he he deals. I don't know. I don't, I never saw anything with Joe Leo White. I wasn't sure. I'm not sure if he's bitter about Urkel or I. I doesn't seem to be. No, I don't think he is. Um, but that's cool. But yeah, he does like his old stick too. He gets all his lines in. Like, you got any cheese? You know. Then I do that. Yeah, you got to play the hits. Yeah, right. Yeah. What, what, what is it? Hogan must pose. Hogan, right? Hogan must pose. I didn't mean to do that, but. <laughs> hey, pal. You know when you go out there at the end of the night, you gotta pose. You gotta give them what they want. <laughs> ah, but yeah, I just thought it was awesome that Urkel appeared on Full House. Fuck the Beach Boys. Steve Urkel is a star. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were so excited for the Beach Boys on the... No, Urkel's a bigger star. Let's be honest. Yeah, it, that, yeah that's true. All right. Mr. Squeezer, your last pick. There's a quick one. Don't blink. I find you guilty of harassment. And might I add, if you're hungry, go to a restaurant for crime and his sake or a grocery store, but leave that poor bird alone. <laughs> leave that uh, what is this about uh he doesn't have any line that bird being the roadrunner and the person the defendant that uh ari is berating is uh wiley coyote oh yes well, i'll be damned so yes w- wiley coyote made an appearance in a uh, night court and why not so, because well, why not? Because well, it was, I don't want to call it a throwaway episode, but it was one of those things. So, I don't want to call it a throwaway episode, but it was a throwaway episode. No, no, no. C- c- like some of the jokes were. So, there, so uh, Night Court did this thing starting in like I think season four or so, where the gimmick was, or the storyline was, they had to get through like 200 cases in the night. And, the idea was defendants just keep coming through, and it was a way to just get gag after gag, joke after joke in, where you didn't have the confines of a long of a 22-minute structured story mm-hmm. that you have to abide by. You can just one after the other, like keep just keep things moving, and that's where like this would fit in. And it, it's a jarring cut. It all of a sudden there's Dan and Christine there, and Wiley Coyote somewhat poorly animated i mean it was like 1990 so that's know, big money too to do that back the two then of them. yeah um and it, it's a quick little sight gag uh and then boom you you go to break but it, and it, it this is it's the perfect place for that uh these are funny episodes though the so th- this was uh this was the last of them this was in season seven um and it was still another day in the life, uh, which uh, was preceded by yet another day in the life, which was preceded by another day in the life and a day in the life. So they did four of these ones where it's just kind of going through the gag and just get the gags out. Uh, and they're funny. And it's uh, like at the time, like, look, I don't want to I don't feel like I should have to defend Night Court because I really think 
uh, it it deserves better. Then I, I think it's very much forgotten in the pantheon of TV shows. I just knew it was always um, on, and I always saw commercials tonight on Night Court. I didn't realize I it never was watched on it. Ni- it was on nine seasons. Yeah, because it was forever on syndication. It was always fucking on. Yes. I was like, oh, Night Court, fuck. Great. And it was, it was. Put a Wonder Years um, on. Um, I, I would love to to see it. I, I don't know. I was looking. I don't think what, did, it is anywhere. Did you right go now. crazy when when Tracy Jordan uh, did the wedding scene for Kenneth on Thirty Rock? They did the re- oh, Night yeah. Court reunion and then did the wedding. Hmm. Uh, Daryl um, asked if I'm going to watch the Netflix Hulk Hogan biopic. Go, oh, you betcha, brother. Is that the one with uh, Thor? If it is, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch anything Hulk Hogan biopic. Thor, Thor's brother. Thor is supposed to be doing it. Chris Hemsworth. Ah. Um, but. Yeah. I love me some Night Court. I love me some Wiley Coyote. And the fact that I get to see Wiley Coyote and John Larroquette in the same shot together, even if it is for just five seconds. Uh, I'm a happy squeezer. <laughs> He's a happy squeezer. And that's it, kids. That's what we got this week. Celebrity cameos. Next week, what's our big topic? It's a it's a high concept show, Squeezer. It's your first oh, one boy. you threw on. This is your idea. It is? Yeah. This Hang is from on. your list. Sleepovers. I'm looking. Oh, really? Yeah. That was my idea? Yes. Oh, look at that. Uh, we started these high concept ideas, I think, with the great outdoors and weekends, like four years ago. Like the blanket, and let's talk about what we did. So, uh, squeezer yeah. pitch sleepovers, and I was like, "Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it." It was like, "Oh shit, we don't have time to do research." Let's... All right, let's. No, no, no. These let's are the hardest. To... These are the hardest to research for. Well, yeah, because you have to. All right, well, it's. You have to, so much research. You, it's memory. It's yeah. You have to go back and That's like the hard part. Like sit there yes. with your your own thoughts for a while. Oh my god! And just quiet and digging deep with a pen, just scribbling lines and making notes. I'm like yeah. trying to remember. And then you go and you search something that you remember, and then you fall down an awful rabbit hole, and you end up watching like the greatest pops of you know the Attitude Era or some shit like that. <laughs> I, I don't, Every but time. squeezer that's a squeezer thing. He he gets yeah. stuck in his rabbit holes, and he's like old Pooh Bear trying to get the honey jar. He's stuck, and nothing's getting him out. That was a tree, not a rabbit hole. He was friends with a rabbit. Rabbit had a door. Jesus, they're not, they're not monsters. <laughs> they're anthropomorphic woodland creatures. Anthropomorphic. Uh, anyway, uh, that, so we'll be back next week. Then we start, I think it's all 90s stuff, right? We're doing uh is it tons of so all of March is nineties uh no it's I'm sorry, it's it's our thirty years ago, nineteen ninety one. So all of March is gonna be discussing thirty years ago. It's gonna be uh T V in nineteen ninety one, movies in nineteen ninety one, video games in ninety one, toys in ninety one, and junk food in ninety ninety one with five episodes dedicated to nineteen ninety one. 30 uh, no, years that, ago. That doesn't, that, that's not right, though. Yes, it is. Cause, no, you said 30. 1991 was not 30 years ago, though. How many years ago was it? Like eight or nine? <laughs> yeah, no, you're blowing your mind. 30 years ago. No, 
No, it can't be. Yes. No, yes. I was just a little kid then. I was I was your little squeezer just living the high life. I was like I was like and then what like we're gonna not, need from you, I gotta put a, old. I gotta put up a poll on radyears.com because show two thirty on April seventh is listener's choice. We need ten topics to talk about from you guys, and we will talk about them. I don't know how we're gonna do it. You give us one or ten or whatever, but uh, listener's choice is show two thirty on April seventh, twenty twenty one. And if it doesn't get picked, don't worry about it, because I'm sure we're going to start running out of ideas sooner or later. Yes, Listener's Choice 2, Listener's Choice 3, Listener's Choice 4, Listener's Choice 5. Don't, and, and don't get me wrong. The idea was this could be fun. Mm-hmm. We are not at that point yet where we're just completely out of ideas, even though we did an episode about horses. but And um, birds. And sharks. Yeah, we're not quite – we're not and sharks and birds. Oh yeah, we gotta pick our next animal show. Cats, maybe. Okay. Feline show. Feline show. Um, or I, fish? No, because we did sharks. I call schmuffin, snickerdoodle, and olive. Hmm. Those are my three of my five topics. I'm just gonna have snickerdoodle come up here and yell into the microphone like she does when she wants fucking attention. I just want an excuse to play Eek the Cat clips. So. Yeah, Eek the Cat. You're my Eek the Cat. Kumaya! Uh, you're my Sharky. Hey, Annabelle! It's a pleasure to see you today. God damn it. I know I'm Eek the Cat. You're super positive. <laughs> I'm short. Always try- awesome. short, always trying to save the day. I just want to make people happy. I have a horrible lisp. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you do not have a horrible lisp. It's, You're it's, sweet, beautiful boy who the lis- horrendous. who the I, listeners I, love and they hate me. They loathe me. They love you. Yeah, I suck. Take away. You're the best. I know, but that doesn't take away from the fact that I have a shitty lisp with my highly hydrated fat cheeks. Uh, again, if you want to berate me and praise Squeezer and tell us how much I suck and how great he is, uh, make sure to do it on uh, Apple uh, Podcasts or wherever you can. You can do it on YouTube, too. I know my man Chess Rockwell, he is always commenting on our YouTube because he's the freaking best. Thank you, sir. Uh, so feel free to comment on our YouTube, too, and uh, tell me what a piece of shit I am. It's great. It makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's yeah. it. That's all we got this week for the Rad Years podcast. We'll be back next week. Same rad time, same rad channel. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. Bye, guys. Bye.